Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, real quick, want to give a shout out to James up in Stoneville, North Carolina. He's a friend of the show. Hell, he's a friend of the family now. We were able to go ahead and help his family recently save more than $1,200 a month. Really think about this. My man, Robbie didn't save $1,200 one time. He's going to save it each and every month, all because he went to save with Conrad.com. He left us a five-star review earlier this week. And he said this from the first phone call with Christian, all the hard work Diane put in Jennifer taking time to explain things and help me understand where we were at with the deal right up to Steve, helping me get this survey through nothing but professionalism all around dealing with first family has helped us to the point we've cut $1,200 a month off our bills. I can't say enough about the team Conrad has assembled. I highly recommend First Family to anyone looking to purchase or refinance their home. Thanks to Conrad and the entire First Family team. No, thank you, James, for the great review. And congratulations on saving 1200 bucks a month. And oh, by the way, you can skip your next two house payments. It's real, folks. Savewithconrad.com can help you. We're licensed in more than 40 states. But if you've got credit card debt, if you're looking to save money on your monthly payments, if you're looking to pay your house off faster, or even buy a house with no money down, savewithconrad.com is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. That's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh, by the way, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. What are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. Wu Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Wu Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Wu Wings, legendary flavors, world championship wings. Woo! Wu Wings. Yeah! Woo woo! Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is adfreeshows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others for, yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Eric Fox Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, but there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at AdFreeShows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now, adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, your friend and mine, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? Very good, Conrad. How are you doing today, my friend? Man, Football season is upon us. It is. All time. All time. It, ha- it happened this past weekend. Of course, you and I are recording in advance of Top Guy Weekend, so we appreciate everybody coming out. We wish we could give you some fun stories about that, but that'll have to wait for next week. And, uh, I'll, I'll beat you up about some of your silly football picks next week. I'm sure too. And, uh, in the meantime, Hey man, appreciate everybody going to check out money Uh, hopefully by now you've heard it was a great success and everybody had a lot of fun watching on fight and we raised a bunch of money, but we still need your help. Uh, every nickel goes directly to Mongo. It's money a great cause, a great man. And I like when the wrestling community community can come together like this, dude. Uh, absolutely. I'm uh, speaking it into existence. Uh, that guitar shot was beautiful. Oh, listen it, to you. It was just, it, it was, it was top five, maybe. Well, <laughs> I'm not speaking I'm, into existence, pal. Roll tide, as you say. I'm not going to say all that. Uh, I, I will say we've got a lot to say about today's episode. We're talking all things TNA from 15 years ago. There's no way we'll get to cover all those shows today. We're specifically talking about no surrender of seven. I'm sure we'll go back and revisit some more stuff uh, along the way, but as a reminder, let's catch you up at Slammiversary, Kurt angle wins the king of the mountain match to become the very first TNA world champion. Of course, previously they were the NWA TNA world champion. Now we've got our own thing. We're separated from the NWA. Uh, Jay lethal is going to win the X division title from Chris Saban before dropping it to Samoa Joe. And then at victory road, angle and Joe team up to win the tag titles from team three D. We would also see Dustin Rhodes come back into TNA. Now as black rain, Andrew Martin, who we used to know as test. He's going to debut and Kurt angle is going to defeat Samoa Joe for the X division title at hard justice. And that's where we're at right now. Uh, the day after hard justice, we had some bad news. We learned that Brian Adams, who worked as crush passed away at just 44 years old. You worked with him on both the WWF side of things and the WCW side of things. Any Brian Adams stories you can share with us? You know, before we get into that, as I was kind of overarching over the entire episode, all the things that we're going to touch on, and um, I guess this isn't Easter eggs, but you know, the congressional hearings, the Benoit situation, we just touched on Brian Adams, 
Kurt Angle uh, at one time had all three titles. Uh, we're kind of going to get into just what a dynamic performer and how the different avenues. The big thing from, uh, I'll say, my world as, as it relates to the podcast is we kind of really accomplished our first major, I don't say first major goal, but going from one to two hours, and we're going to get into that, was huge. But as I looked at the research and looked at everything tied together, it seems like a lot of this was just yesterday. And then other parts of this, Conrad, it's like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, the summer of 07, uh, my first wife, Jill, passed away in May of that year. Mm. So the context of going through, uh, you know, we're in September schools, kids back in school. I just say all this to say, um, as it relates to my personal and business life, there were so many moving parts and a lot going on and all that, all, all that, but, um, man, there's no way we're going to get to all of it because me, when I read the research and thought some things and jotted down some notes, I had to go back. And anyway, Brian Adams, you know what, Brian Adams, the first thing that comes to my mind. And I think about him, hmm, you're going to chuckle at this. I'll say once a month, maybe maybe more, maybe less, but Brian is the first one who really educated this old waffle house boy on sushi. Oh, wow. How about that? In 1993, one of my first trips, um, uh, with the WWF before double J and then at early double J me and Brian, uh, one of those deals, get off a plane, run a car. Hey man, you want to jump in with me? Just, we just kind of struck up a relationship really based off that. Uh, and, uh, it was in Toronto. Uh, he said, Hey, I'm going to take you to this sushi place. I'm like, okay, Toronto. He said, Hey, Toronto is, you would not believe it. It's got some great sushi places. So he took me to this place after we went to the gym and we spent like Brian can eat. <laughs> he is definitely man versus food as well, but we were eight in there like two hours, but he was educating me. And that's the first real download. So I'll, I think of Brian when I go in and, and the uh, waiter or waitress tries to sell me on some kind of sushi. I'm like, I got this. I kind of know where I'm going down this road, but anyway, yeah, Brian Adams. Um, that match was savage in 94 mania that uh, they got cut a little short. Um, that was the Sean uh, uh, razor. razor ladder match. Anyway, uh, great guy, man. Obviously lost him way, way too soon. He had the most unique dry sense of humor, but if you understood it, he'd have you rolling in the floor often. That's great to hear. We don't hear enough good stuff about him. Yeah, Um, we don't, we don't, but he was a connoisseur of, uh, of sushi. He knew his sushi. I want to mention that, uh, you got a lot going on here. Not only, you know, you mentioned it at the top of the show, your wife, Jill passes away. Chris Benoit has this big tragedy, you know, well, he murdered his family. I mean, let's just say it like it is, but now there's a huge spotlight on wrestling. And at the same time that there's this negative spotlight, you're working to expand your deal with spike from one hours to two hours. And along the way, you're having some publicity stunts done with a, I guess at the time we'll call him a, uh, I think the torch called him a disgraced NFL player, Adam Pacman Jones. Um, yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, and, and now Congress is getting involved and there's going to be questions about, you know, what are we doing to clean up wrestling and that sort of thing? Were you nervous about TNA's drug testing program or lack thereof? 
Conrad, I don't think we've ever discussed this, but do you remember where you were at when you first heard the news about the Benoit situation? I was in my dining room in South Huntsville. Yeah. I was at my couch and, uh, yeah, anyway, that's just a worthless footnote for both of us, but it's one of those deals that I, we do remember. Yes. It was so shocking to me. Um, so what was your question, Conrad? Cause I, I, I just going back and it, oh, what a, I'm asking if you were nervous about, I mean, cause the, the company, the WWE had implemented a wellness program in February yeah. of 06 on the heels of the unfortunate passing of Eddie Guerrero just a few months prior. And I'm not saying that Eddie did anything wrong necessarily. I am just saying they thought, Hey, we need to take better care of our athletes, which is a great thing. And, and monitor stuff and keep up with what's going on. And obviously it's evolved from there, but TNA is operating at a different income level. And, and, and I don't think, and I need you to set the record straight. Was there a a TNA drug testing policy or wellness program of some sorts prior to Benoit or no, 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 no. It, It came kind of out of the Guerrero situation when Eddie passed away. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was on a Sunday that we had a pay-per-view and the, the impact zone, big tributes. I mean, it, it was, uh, obviously just a unique time and the rabid fan base, uh, it was a tragedy without, without that, you know, without question, but the Panda, not just the legal team, but, but the Panda office, it, it all came up around the headlines of WWE instituting a wellness policy. Yes. And what does that look like for us and the financials of that? And, you know, the due diligence of, of, of going through that process. Um, you know, the pandas, obviously, uh, their headquarters is in Dallas. They got offices at this time, Germany, China, West coast, uh, all over the world. So a huge operation, uh, but they dove into this and kind of did their due diligence and it went without saying the two glaring situations were much, much smaller revenue, uh, organization and, uh, to implement a drug policy is a massive cost, uh, to do it. I say this to do it right. Right. You kind of paint it with a couple of brushes. Uh, it's very expensive and we were privately held. Um, and just didn't run near the amount of uh, events. Uh, it's, it sounds like, okay, how did we really view it? Honestly, Conrad, we weren't really sure the right next steps at all because of the obvious, the expense. Okay. Then when they fail, is it one strike, two strike, three strikes? Like, how do you deal with all this? to spend all that money. So it was discussed a lot between Dallas and Nashville. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. In the middle of that, though, you're hiring some guys who maybe have had some issues along the way, including Andrew Martin, uh, the former test, 
and this maybe further cements in wrestling fans and, and the, amongst the, the boys themselves in this fraternity of professional wrestling, that maybe TNA is a soft landing spot for, for lack of a better word, WWE cast-offs. Who was a big proponent of test coming in? Did you think it was a risk giving the discussions of drug testing? And, for sure. Okay. It, yeah. I mean, we, we knew, okay, let's give him an opportunity. We definitely had a mindset. Dutch used to frame it. Well, don't marry the talent, rent the talent, date the talent. Don't sign them to long-term deals. Don't even sign them to 30, 60, 90 day deals until we're really sure. Andrew immediately fell in, in that category. Like there was no two ways about it. Um, me and Andrew had traveled together, uh, up, uh, you know, for a short time, you know, I'm not saying every day, but, but, but a couple of trips. Uh, so I knew him and when he, uh, came by, uh, he appeared really good, but then it didn't take long to kind of see that he was still, uh, battling his demons. But he wanted a shot. We gave him a shot, but it didn't didn't last long. So, <laughs> ratings for wrestling uh, are, are obviously going to be impacted by you know any sort of mainstream coverage. So maybe you have a Donald Trump or a Mike Tyson or a Pac Man Jones to a lesser extent. But even the Benoit situation had an immediate reaction. Um, ratings are down. TV spike TV supposedly is shocked Meltzer or, or Wade Keller would say TNA was probably shocked and you have an opportunity to uh, be interviewed, uh, with foxsports.com and you're sort of defending the, the Pac-Man Jones decision quote, our business is built on conflict and controversy and larger than life personalities. The man has got all three for the words TNA to be mentioned for four or five days straight on every national outlet. That's a positive. We've gotten mainstream press. We've never gotten before. It's already succeeded. There's more people today that have heard the name TNA wrestling, uh, than any time in the last week, including Congress. So it's interesting, you know, the, the, uh, the timing of all of this, because it feels like there's a lot happening very close together. And it does feel like after the Benoit thing, there is more, uh, a brighter spotlight. And if you're bringing test in and now you've got maybe a troubled NFL player, does it, don't get me wrong. I agree with what you're saying in terms of, Hey, people are talking about us. Well, check that's factual, but given the benefit of hindsight, looking back as a 55 year old, as a 40 year old, who was making these statements, you still feel the same way, or would you have done some of this differently? Do you think dealing with the facts in front of me? So Pac-Man was brought to me, uh, from a mutual friend, a longtime friend who works in the memorabilia business, uh, signing business. And he said, Hey, I want you to meet this guy. Uh, and so me and pack struck up a friendship. Uh, but then we did it as good as possible of like, is this guy wrong place, wrong time. And I don't want to let me do a timeout right now. Some of our listeners are across the pond and they have no idea who we're even talking about. Pac-Man was an NFL player who played for the Tennessee Titans, but he was suspended after a shooting that he was involved in at a Las Vegas strip club. And a fella involved there was paralyzed from the waist down as a result of this. Obviously the NFL doesn't want that image. Neither do, neither does the Tennessee Titans and wrestling for some time, for whatever reason, 
maybe, maybe it's well earned has sometimes been positioned as the lowest common denominator of entertainment and catering to the low hanging fruit, et cetera, et cetera. And going into business with someone who's fresh off of that controversy could be criticized, but the same could be said about Mike Tyson a few years prior after biting Evander Holyfield's ear and everybody knows he had a stint in prison, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I just wanted to tag back in to just frame up for some folks who are like, what the fuck is a Pac-Man Jones? So yeah, 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 yeah. And, and Pac-Man, uh, five, 10, 180 or 90 pounds. So I'm glad that you brought this up just to give the descriptor and what this gentleman looks like. He's not six, eight right. and 350 pounds. When you see him, Ron, the truth killings was considerably larger. Ron's about six, one, six, two. Pac-Man's 5'10-ish, I'll just say. And Ron, 30 or 40 pounds heavier. I say I'm bringing up Ron because he he teams with him later in this episode as a story. But uh, a dynamic athlete like Don West uh, used to cover the Titans in regards to practices. And some of the stuff Pac-Man did on on the practice field were uh, amazing. So incredibly gifted athlete, Pac-Man, born and raised in Atlanta, a wrestling fan, a fanatical wrestling fan, wanted to give it a shot, uh, knew that for the time being, he was suspended. He had no NFL future. Depending upon how the court case and the legal ramifications, how all of that turned out, he was sitting on the shelf. And it might have been had things gone different ways and NFL just said, nope, we're going to wash our hands with you completely forever. Uh, his, His life would have taken a different direction. Uh Everything uh, between him and the league eventually got straightened out, and he went on to have a a remarkably long career for a defensive back. Um, and 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 Adam, uh, you know, has had his ups and downs. But at this time, he didn't know where his life was going to go, and we had struck up a friendship. And I just drilled down to, look, Pac, do you want to try this? And if you do, our legal needs to talk with your legal. And we kind of got to wrap our head around just how where things stand. And if our legal team is comfortable moving forward, let's move forward. And for lack of a better word, uh, Conrad, let's do a publicity stunt. Look, he wasn't going to be a lifer. He, you know, at this time, you know, later on, you, you, we, again, the rent renting mentality, not long-term. So you ask the question, do I regret I really don't Conrad. And that may, I don't know if that surprised you or not. No, with the timing perfect. Why well, hell? No, it never not, is. Nothing in life is perfect. No, it was a calculated risk. Well, I'll tell a funny story here in a minute as it relates to Titan, but cause you never know what to expect. But when we sat down and it passed the legal test that yes, l- l- we can move forward because we talked to the attorney and I don't want to say, I don't want to dismiss this at all because Pac-Man was guilty of running with the friends he's guilty with, just like I'm guilty of things I've done, but wrong place, wrong time, bad situation, very unfortunate situation, but Panda legal gave the approval for us. Yes, we can move forward. And we did. And, um, it would have been the, the what ifs of Pac-Man could have had a wrestling career. I'm telling you. Well, no, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're going to talk about that, but the, I guess the reason I was trying to position this as, you know, you've told us before just how important and how critical 
and it can't be overstated. This second hour of TV with spike could be, and if you're yeah. actively working on that, and now you're going to go into business fresh off of the Benoit murders, which again is not your business, but it is your industry. And now you're going to go into business with someone who potentially could be in major trouble for a shooting. It feels like if I'm spike, uh, I don't want to borrow trouble and alienate advertisers and blah, blah, blah. So I wasn't saying, you know, morally, ethically, but from a business standpoint, if this risk went the other way, it could have been disastrous, right? So I probably am not stating the obvious spike was aware every step of the way yes. we had been in business with them weekly. And, and when I say weekly dealing, you know, the show wasn't live. So when you don't have a live show, the network communication never stops because you're always either prepping for the show that's going to be posted. So there's edits and cut downs and lower thirds and Hey, spike needs to promote what's coming up the next hour, or the next week or the next day or whatever, just how the show's going to roll out. And then you also have the weekly episodics and then, Hey, can we get this kind of promotion? So the network communication was fantastic. I mean, really, I mean, to me, that was the first sign in 2010 when I knew, okay, things are radically changed because the network communication went from hourly to not good. But anyhow, so Spike was aware, Conrad. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Once the announcement is made, the Titans reach out and get a restraining order to, to prevent Pac-Man from wrestling. So process this. Yeah, this is fantastic. We're not sure we want you to play because you did bad stuff, but you can't go work anywhere else either. And we're going to get a restraining order to make sure that you're never even touched, which is just the ultimate irony to me. We're not sure that we want you on our team, but. We don't want anyone to hurt you in case we change our mind. Um, that wishy-washiness, uh, isn't going to work for Pac-Man and it's not going to work for your hair because two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. And in fact, more than 50 million men in the U S suffer from male pattern baldness. Now keeps has more five-star reviews than any of their competitors. And in fact, there are only two FDA approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Well, guess what? Keeps offers both. Keeps is proud to sponsor this program and we're proud to have them because Keeps offers a simple, affordable, and stress-free way for you to keep your hair. They've got convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications that are delivered directly to your door every three months, meaning you don't have to leave home. They've also got 24-7 care and support. They've got a network of expert medical advisors, prescribers, and care specialists to make those hair goals of yours a reality. Here's my favorite part. It's low cost. Treatments start at just $10 a month. Keeps offers generic versions of the two FDA approved medications to prevent hair loss. And these treatment plans are affordable. How affordable? Well, like half the cost of the pharmacy prices keeps as everything your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Now, remember prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results. So act fast. 
And when it comes to your hair, save more, spend less. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K E E P S.com slash Jarrett to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K E E P S.com slash Jarrett to get your first month free. That's K E E P S.com slash Jarrett. Now let's talk a little bit about, uh, the, the TV contract, uh, Wade is going to say, or, or Meltzer is going to say rather that the UFC is going to move from Thursday on September 20th. That gives you the open hour and that your current contract expires on September 30th. So technically the first Thursday under the new deal would be October 4th. Meltzer would say with the start of it being what it is, I'd at least consider the live aspect, but right now that's not being talked about. There are live specials of some form believed to be in the new contract. According to multi-channel news, TNA is in internal talks regarding drug testing, and it's not at the level of what form it will be, but it does feel there needs to be something with Congress taking a look at wrestling. Most of this is going to fall in Dixie Carter's lap. It's not a Jeff Jarrett decision, but he will have an impact. And, uh, he does mention in his notes here for TNA at the time that you were out the night before the pay-per-view with Hulk Hogan and his family celebrating Hulk's 54th birthday at a Lincoln park concert in Tampa. And Meltzer would say, Jarrett seems like he has a lot on his mind and left the concert early. He's been trying to get Hogan unsuccessfully for years. So a lot to unpack in one little write up here from Dave UFC's out. You're getting the second hour, probably going to be a lot of tape shows, maybe some live specials. We are going to have to do something with drug testing, but that's probably mostly on going to going to be on Dixie's plate. And oh, by the way, you're still trying to hobnob with the Hulkster. Did you think there was an opportunity to get him in 07? And did you think it could have still been, I mean, we know he's going to come in eventually, but I don't think with the benefit of hindsight, maybe we would have played it out the way it, it went. What's the thinking in let's just go be present at the concert and, and just be there. <laughs> it's funny how Dave, before I go any further, are we going to go back to the Titan situation? The irony of that? Oh, sure. I, yeah, I, please do. That. I, I got a story for that. So I don't know you're, you're steering this ship. So do you want to address no, the whole pl- park? Whatever you'd like. It's your show, baby. No, how do you want? Okay. Bring us back to Meltzer's write-up, but let's go back to the Titan thing. If you're all right with that. Yes, sir. Okay. So you talk about ironic. Hey, you said it, the Titans, we don't want you to play football. And matter of fact, you can't come on the premises. Yes. I mean, it was, he was more than ostracized, uh, that kind of deal, but here's the back door. You better be staying in shape. You better be staying in shape. You yeah. better be. St- oh, but you can't come on the premises. Okay, so all of this goes down, and we had to get something legally binding that pack, and he had no problem with it. And is you know just yes, it's early TNA still running by the seat of our pants, but we had to get some type of of contract in place, even to just make T-shirts. And Pac-Man had a song and music. So it wasn't this crazy binding talent deal, but we got something on paper. Well, getting something on paper raised all kind of red flags internally with the Titans. So uh, Conrad Pac-Man lived down in Franklin, which the people that don't know, Franklin, Tennessee, is about 20 miles south of Nashville. I live about 20 miles north of Nashville. Franklin and Brentwood, by the way, are like the highfalutin, high-dollar areas. And Hendersonville's up there, too. But there's three, like, 
big time money suburbs of, of Nashville and Pac-Man and, was in one of those. And he had a beautiful, probably about a, about 30 acre farm Conrad. And he had four wheelers that would go mock one. <laughs> yeah. And he had a great fishing pond out back and he had a nice house and a guest house and we set up a ring and we'll get into that with Fox sports net. But anyway, me and pack were buds and I get the call and he had come up here to the lake and we had gone back to his house and you know, those two door, um, Cadillac convertibles, mm-hmm. little, little, two, uh, just a small one. Mm-hmm. We ended up, I ended up at Pac's house with no car and he, and I got the call and the Titan attorneys said, we want to meet. Okay. When would you like me to come in tomorrow, the next day, next week now? Oh, okay. Like now, now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, sir. It's, it's six 30 at night. Yeah. We'll be waiting on you. Okay. Uh, all right. So I talked to Dallas and say, all right, here I go. You guys got any guidance? They had hired legal representation they as in panda had hired legal representation in town just to like all right we don't want this to get litigious but let's be kind of proactive and have the game plan so the attorneys called me and said now look they're really upset and you're gonna have to go in there and kind of lay out your intentions we have no idea how this is gonna go but they're mad and they're really mad and i have a strong feeling that they're furious at pack, but they're going to take it out on you and maybe us. Okay. So Conrad, here's the irony. I leave Pac-Man's house. I have shorts and a shirt and my, you know, so I didn't get, I couldn't get dressed up. Uh, we'd been on the lake earlier that day. We were grilling out at his house. I, I pull into the Titans facilities by myself in Pac-Man's car. So he wasn't allowed on the premises, but his car got on the premises. So I go in Mr. Underwood, uh, who we have later laughed and cut up about this whole deal, but he was, they were furious and like, Jeff, you know, you're local. We appreciate all this. Now you got to remember Titans ownership is Houston based yes. this time. Adam, Bud Adams, uh, now his daughter has taken over here, but, Bud Adams Houston based, but Mr. Underwood reported directly to Bud and what Bud wanted, Bud got, it's just, he's an old school. He's an original, uh, founding member of AFL. Anyway, anyway Conrad, they were not happy and they kind of laid into me and this and that, and he, we have this kind of contract with him and blah, 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 blah. And look, he's not out from under contract. He's suspended and without pay, basically just long, the long arm of the law. And I listened to him and Conrad, I said, I understand all of that, but is the goal to get him back on the field? Yes. I said, okay, that's your goal. And I completely understand that. My goal is to sell pay-per-view buys, TV ratings, maybe a little merch, and the worst thing that can happen in my world is for Pac-Man to get hurt. The absolute worst thing. So you don't want him hurt and I don't want him hurt. So I think our goals are kind of aligned. And what we do is sports entertainment. It's scripted. And Conrad, I kind of went through the whole song and dance. And that was kind of the 
the cross I fell on, my goal is to not get him hurt and I'll do anything and everything. And when they kind of heard that side of it, that he's not going to be injured. And this kind of went without saying maybe a little image rehab. I said, and I went into, Hey, he's going to be a, a good guy. He's not going to be a bad guy and he's going to be beloved by our wrestling fans. And hopefully that translates blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I left there that night and shook hands and we had a nice powwow and the way it started and the way it ended were a complete 180, but I had to give them assurances that he will not get hurt and his physicality will be very limited. That was, that's a key phrase here that we'll get here in a little bit, very limited. Uh, so that's the Pac-Man story, but me driving on Titans facilities and Pac-Man barred from the facilities, but his car got there. Did you already have, when you met with them in your mind's eye, Hey, I'm going to put him with Ron killings or no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A tag situation. Uh, so that is the way it, it, it shakes out. It's going to be a tag, uh, a tag situation. Go back to points. Uh, yeah, we can. Let's talk about Hogan for a minute. Did you, why did you go to Hogan's birthday party just to stay in front of him and see what's possible? I'm wondering how we, so our LA based attorney at TNA, our pronouns, pal pronouns, pal, our, uh, Dallas, uh, uh, my bad LA based attorney also was a part of Lincoln park management. And that's kind of how we connected and Brooke, uh, cause it was Hulk and Brooke. And Nick, there was, it was a big family dinner that I got invited to, uh, pre-concert, pre-gaming, but I, I don't, I don't know if Jimmy was involved, Jimmy Hart was involved, but somehow, some way, uh, Hogan's knows best. I think this is right in the middle of that, uh, Oh seven, uh, the reality show on VH one, which is a Viacom show. Uh, Spike was incentivized as, as much as, or more than us. They wanted, if they've got Hogan on Viacom, of course they would want him on a wrestling property, but in Hogan's camp and rightly so it wasn't that easy. So we went to the dinner and it's funny how Dave has the comment. Jeff left the concert early. Yeah. (laughs) I had a lot going on. I had to drive from Tampa back to Orlando for the pay-per-view the next day. Uh, and so I wasn't going to make it a late night at the concert. Let's talk about, uh, one of the episodes of impact opens and here's a line from the torch. The show has, uh, opened with Kurt and Karen arriving in Orlando. Things have gotten bad in TNA. The King and queen no longer arrive in a limo, but now a rental car after swerving everyone with their fake divorce. They're now working a gimmick that they're building up major tension to lead to an explosion and a fake divorce. So will this one be the real fake divorce as opposed to the fake, fake divorce. Karen was yelling at him for getting her into this mess where she may have to wrestle. And at one point she was even yelling at him about his gold medals. And that's what they were going to do a few weeks ago in the fake, fake argument. So I guess there's some art imitating life here. Maybe they are having real life relationship problems. That's none of our business. Uh, but it does become one of the times where we get to see Karen's acting chops and almost very quickly. It feels like as a wrestling fan, we identified, wow, she's pretty good at this. When did you know she was pretty good at being an on-camera villain, bad girl, if you will. JB, Jeremy Borash, I believe he's the very first one that said, Hey man, she, she, she can do this. She can do this. Cause Russo's the one who pitched 
multiple times because Karen was coming to TVs with Kurt in an off-screen role. I mean, you know, let me say this: no role. She came as a wife. Yes, yes, uh, uh, as a supportive wife. And um, Russo was the one who originally pitched. I'm like, no, not a good idea. No, not a good idea. No, got it. Anyway, uh, persistence, and they went into the storyline. I didn't actually follow the notes about a fake, fake argument. To me, it's a, it was all storyline. Yes, of course. Uh, but it, yeah, art imitating life, life entertainment. I'm not saying that in the case, but I'm saying I didn't get the fake, fake in in Dave's writing. But uh, JB's the first one who he just he glowing review after a pre-tape one day or whatever. He's like, hey man, she can do this. She's dynamic. It's going to gra- create a great element. I'll go back to the set point. Spike wanted females as much as possible on the show. And I was pretty adamant that too much female, too much of anything is just not good. Yes, yes I agree. But let, let's, let's, let's be strategic with this. There were some internal thoughts in spike girl, 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 girl. And I said, we just, it, it's not there yet. Let's mention that, uh, We've got this tag thing kicking off and now Pac-Man like when, when Ron Killings pins Eric young, he and Pac-Man spray pack on his back because they're team Pac-Man. So we're borrowing a little bit from the NWO, but how much fun was Pac-Man having getting to play out some of this growing up a wrestling fan? This had to be fantastic for him, right? He had in a candy store Yeah, and Ron was great for him because Ron put things in wrestler speak and good communicator and they became buds and look Pac-Man, like a lot of athletes. Hey man, I want to do a rap song. I want my own music video. I want to do this. I mean, he was a kid in the candy store and wanted to explore everything that he grew up watching, whether it was a ring entrance, whether it was a finishing move, whether, you know, he wanted to have a 30 minute match and he's like, Oh no, I ain't gonna listen to the Titans. I mean, Pac was wanting to do everything. And I'm like, Pac, I am not getting in a lawsuit at, at all. Pac-Man, uh, we put up a ring on Pac's literally in his front yard, but out on his farm. And I, I got in the ring with him multiple times. Conrad, it's, it's like, I, I tell folks when people say, give me a unique wrestling story. I often tell Mongo's, you know, because, because of our, uh, money for Mongo, I think he's the strongest human being. I've ever been in the ring with that's deceptively. I mean, I remember doing a, a t- tilt a world slam and, and Mongo wanted me to go one way and I was going to go the traditional other way. And he's like, Nope, we're going this way. Oh, you want me to go this way? He's really strong. Steiner, super quick Pac-Man, incredible athlete that picked up wrestling from the first time I got in the ring with him. I could do a high spot with it. He's super, super athletic. Unfortunately, it's not all good news with Pac-Man It's speculated in the observer that the cost of Pac-Man Jones is 25 grand in appearance. And because of that new cost, a lot of the talent isn't going to be brought in on their pay per appearance deal. And I bring this up because Kip James has uh, a little write up in the observer himself quote, Kip James has mega heat with the office after being taken off the last tapings and then complaining loudly backstage about how the company is wasting all this money on Pac-Man Jones and not pushing any of its wrestlers. And then we would read this on the observer. 
Lots of the undercard guys were going nuts because so many weren't even booked for TV. And since the TV has become the Kurt angle show, the morale, which has been down ever since the hotels and rental cars were taken away is said to be worse than ever with the feeling that Kurt angle has taken over the show and a complete lack of confidence in whomever is in charge of the vision of wrestling. Jeff Jarrett is still the guy steering the ship. Although the Vince Russo influence is the highest it's been in a while. And the worst part is the tapings last week were said to have made considerably less sense in their original form until lots of editing changes were made at the end. So here you are trying to expand your property and go from one hours to two hours and just the revenue opportunity that that could present. But before you get there, boy, some of the boys are not happy. What do you remember about this? I will not out of respect for Pac-Man divulge what he got paid. But embarrassing low, I would almost be willing to say that Billy was getting paid more per shot. He just wanted to do it. Hell yes. Yeah. And at this stage in his career, he's 20 in his 20s, early 20s, living on a unbelievable, beautiful spread, four or five cars, seven or eight four wheelers, a great stock fishing pond. Wanted to buy a, a God, you'll love this. He wanted to buy. Uh, we had two. I got two. I had two jet skis at the time. Well, of course, he wanted to buy one. Well, guess what? They didn't have one in stock. But what they did have was a Yamaha. You know those little boats that basically have two jet ski engines in the back, yeah. but it's a little uh, jet boat. Yeah, I'll take that. Wait, you want that instead of a jet ski? Can I get it today? Sure, Mister Jones, we can. We can get that for you today, Conrad. Two hours later, Jeff, can you come down here to the dealer? Yep, he said. I need you to put my boat in the water. Okay. <laughs> so Fantastic. The, so he, he was not worried about his payoff, but it made for great torch and observer. And I say that out of respect. It made for great juicy tidbits that Pac-Man's getting paid 25. Well, well, well hang on now. The boys were pissed off. Were they not? He couldn't be making up frustration about that. Like we hear oh, that no, all- they're pissed off. No, 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 no. They're pissed off. But, but the, the, the simplistic simple, let's not get mad that the reality is they got a one hour show and there's not enough slots. Let's point the fingers at the new guy. Who's the football player, mm-hmm. Just, you know, and, and, and Kip was mad at Pac. I, I, I don't know that I recall hearing it, but yeah, th- none of them were happy that he was on the camera. You, you also heard it was the angle show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guess what? We're paying Kurt a lot a of money boat yeah. and he can carry the boat and let's do a unique storyline where he is the champion of all three divisions. Let's see how this plays out. Well, we, you and I never say that when we fire up our rec tech, because we know it's going to come out perfect every time. They've got grills ranging from three 99 on up. They've got something for every lifestyle, every budget, a key focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility, and their factory direct pricing eliminates the middleman that saves you some cash. And so does this, all of the grills ship for free. They're made with high quality stainless steel. They're built to last a lifetime and it's nicer than any other wood pellet grill I've ever had. I'm talking about Rectech's flagship model, the RT 700. It comes with a 40 pound pellet hopper, which means a lot of cooking. 702 square inches of cooking space, which means you could feed a small army. But my favorite thing about this is the PID Wi-Fi controller. You can turn your grill on off, adjust the thermostat up or down. 
and really dial in the temperature of your meat. You'll never undercook or overcook again. I haven't not with a rec tech. And how about this peace of mind? They give you a six year bumper to bumper warranty on this rig that you can bake, smoke, sear, grill, even dehydrate all with the push of a button. So let's toss aside that tasteless gas grill. Let's get rid of the messy charcoal grill. And let's even throw out that overhyped brand name grill. Let's get an elite wood pellet grilling family. Let's talk about Rectech. Rectech has set the new standard in grilling by focusing on flavor, convenience, and versatility. Go check it out for yourself. It costs nothing to look as our old pal JR says it's R E C T E Q.com. That's Rectech.com. And use our promo code Jarrett five to get 5% off site wide. That's 5% off everything. The grills, the coolers, the rubs, the sauces, the accessories, the merch, everything is 5% off at Rectech.com. That's R E C T E Q.com. When you use the promo code Jarrett five, um, I want to mention something else about Pac-Man grilling tonight, Conrad. I'm grilling tonight. What are you making tonight? Chicken, chicken. Cannot wait. It's marinating as we speak. I love Rec it. Tech, buddy. Might, might even do me a little video, pal. Hey, yeah. Go check it out. Check out might Jeff on social. Maybe you'll see a little grilling meat going on. I get the queen on camera tonight as well. Uh, Meltzer would say this. Jones and Ron Killings became friends over their very first weekend together. They even talked about doing a rap record together. When Jones found out Killings wasn't staying at the Doubletree Hotel with the stars, he went to Jeff Jarrett and told him he wanted Killings moved to the Doubletree. And Jarrett said, no problem. They just take the difference out of Killings check. Jones then got mad and told Jarrett they aren't taking out a Killings check. He pushed Jarrett on how he was the one doing them a favor and not the other way around. What do you remember about this? It's funny. Uh, staying at the Jeffrey where the stars are staying. Let me translate that. That's where the office was staying. <laughs> uh, and we got in, in Pac-Man's deal. Cause we weren't paying him very much. Hey, we'll get your hotel room and we'll get you a suite, which obviously was rolled into our corporate deal. So, yeah. uh, that seems a little far stretched about, I, I can see me saying, Hey, Pat, if Ronnie wants to stay at the, uh, double tree, you know, we don't buy talent, their rooms anymore, but if he does want to stay here, we can get the corporate rate, which is super cheap. Yeah. We'll just deduct it for his check. He won't even have to put a, you know, trying to accommodate. Yeah. Diplomatically. My first reply probably would have been Pat, You've got that big suite. We got you. Why don't you let him stay on the other side of it? That's probably what I said. Yeah. Let's talk about Brock Lesnar. He comes up in the torch. There were sources saying last week that Brock Lesnar had preliminary talks with TNA management about a potential contract with the company, including a meeting with Dixie Carter. Kurt angle has been pushing Lesnar to talk with TNA about their lighter schedule. Lesnar hated the travel and the grueling schedule of WWE more than he disliked being a wrestler. Carter apparently told Lesnar she would accommodate his need to take breaks for MMA training. But now it appears as if Lesnar is going to sign with the UFC. We know he did sign with the UFC and just, man, set their business on fire. It was huge. How close did it come to happening that you guys were going to get a shot at Brock Lesnar? Do you think I never had a conversation and here's a little subtext of this episode. And I'm not going to say it was just around September, but I'll say diplomatically from, and you'll just have to tie in the notes here from. Russo 
began jockeying for as much power as possible. He didn't like Dutch, but he wanted him right more of the show. And with me being distracted with my personal life and everything going on, but look, it was so obvious and every, you know, other different folks giving me the heads up, but Dixie and Kurt, and we're going two hours. So I'm trying to paint the picture that I was well aware of the jockeying and positioning and, and we'll get to that toward the end of this episode in the abyss match that I just kind of just shook my head. But, um, I never had a conversation with Brock Lesnar knew without question. There was zero chance of him coming to TNA. I thought it was a complete afterthought. Uh, I, I always chalked it up to Kurt pitching Dixie and they went about their way. I never took it serious. And to my knowledge, nobody on my team ever took it serious, but you know, Dixie had calls with Brock and Goldberg and, and others that never came to fruition. And I just always chalked it up as that. Let's talk about something else that, uh, is going to make the news. Jerry Lynn is released by TNA and the torch would say he's been unhappy with TNA for a long time, including the references to his age and being old when in fact he's younger than sting and sting's age has never been an issue. And he's not much older than other headliners, including Jeff Jarrett and the Steiners. Ultimately, Wade would say he appears to be a victim of not having friends in high places. And there are too few roster spots or agent spots. What happened with Jerry Lynn? Why was he out of here? Bro, bro. I liked him professionally. He's a wrestler. He does nothing for me. He shouldn't be on our roster. Okay. There's a dime a dozen. No Vince. He's a quarterback in the ring. I don't care. And so. The age was something easy for Vince to write on in promos and allude to his age. And you just said the obvious. I'm close to Jerry. Sting was older. We can go all the way down the list. Not personally, but professionally. Vince was never a fan of Russo or anybody with this kind of style. So what about brother runt? He's released and uh, Meltzer would say he was one of those wrestlers brought in because he had a WWE background and a connection with team 3d. But once they played out a couple of angles with him, they didn't make room for him on a deep roster with limited TV exposure. Uh, Doug Basham suffers maybe the same fate. Uh, Doug Basham was also dropped, which is a surprise as he's considered one of the heavyweights with great potential based on his work in OVW, who wasn't really given a chance to shine in WWE. But because he doesn't have WWE TV exposure as a top heavyweight, TMA management doesn't see him as much. Uh, DiMaggio was cut before Basham. So lots of cuts happening. And I understand that's necessary, especially when you're paying Pac-Man so much money. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, but it, I could see how, when, if you're a talent and you look around and see big money, Kurt angle, come in now, this big NFL player come in. Oh, well, Jerry Lynn's gone and he's been here from the beginning and oh, brother Runt's gone and Doug Basham's gone. It does feel a little bit like, Hey man, if you weren't a big star with the WWF, we ain't real, we ain't real interested. Cause you see how a talent would feel that way in this era. Sure. And turnover was something that I don't say you can't have regrets cause you, you do the best, very best you can. You never wake up and say, I'm going to try to screw up today. <laughs> you, you didn't have that, but I don't think we did enough turnover. Uh, I think Runt 
will would tell you to this day, he was well aware that we had run through the angles and, and with that going back to that one hour show, they're just limited spots period. Uh, but yes, talent, um, in a lot of ways, that's just the nature of our industry. Talent is scratching and clawing to get to the top. There's only X amount of spots regardless, you know, on any roster, even at current WWE, yes, there's raw and SmackDown, but in reality there, it is one massive giant roster and there's only a few top guys, uh, probably double that. And for mid card guys, and then probably triple that for developmental underneath rising the, you know, it, it, it's just in the nature of the beast. That's never going to change. Same with Hollywood. There's only a few A-listers, lots of B-listers, and many, many, many C-listers. That's just entertainment. Let's follow up a little bit and talk about, uh, well, some criticisms of the show. Um, Wade Keller specifically didn't like the September 6th show. This is your dad's old friend, Wade Keller, by the way. I think the new name of impact should be, and granted, this might not be the right week for this label concussion championship wrestling. No, not that they do so many weapon shots to the head, but after you watch 60 minutes, you can't remember one thing you saw. And later he would talk about, well, here it is. James storm was looking for Rhino. He went to an AA meeting. He made some joke about triple a. Storm was drinking beer at the meeting and telling people that his mama told him if he had a disease, it should be one. He can have a good time with the idea. Wasn't bad, but the acting was weak. Storm left a six pack at the meeting and left. Here's another one. Chris Harris did a promo. I guess he and Dustin Rhodes are good friends, but Dustin has a split personality and he doesn't know this Dustin. Talk to me, Jeff. Is this your kind of wrestling? Uh, you can tell not really, um, man, for me personally, that rhino, uh, and I rhino had his ups and downs. It's yeah. documented. Um, just that scene, not which I had, didn't age well at all personally with me, no. but I obviously had no idea about any of that. It being a disease, none of that. Uh, and it was obviously one of those things, go shoot this. Yes. Go do that. Um, the Dustin black rain character. I just think Dustin, I, I guess through the years, people have got to see and, you know, gold, gold, uh, set him on a, he's really a unique individual in his skill set and talent for sure. Uh, Cause you just think back of the natural and gold dust and, like where he's at now, um, great shape physically, but, but he, he's a, um, you know, if he's in Hollywood, his range is super dynamic, but the Chris Harris, Dustin storyline, I don't really have a lot of recollection. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about some other things that we're going to see Pac-Man do. Cause you, you do let him brush up against the big stars. Uh, there's a, a deal here where it's abyss and lethal beating sting and Kurt angle in a non-title match. Abyss says he doesn't want to fight sting. Karen comes out, even though she was told not to Kurt and sting, tell her to leave. And she does abyss pins, uh, Kurt clean with a black hole slam and abyss, you know, goes after the thumbtacks, but 
Jim Mitchell comes out. Abyss chases him away. So now with Kurt Angle down, Killings attacks Sting, and then Pac-Man Jones spray paints Kurt. So it's kind of an interesting, is Kurt a good guy? Is Kurt a bad guy? We know where Sting is, and now we're seeing Kurt getting spray painted by Pac-Man Jones. He's probably your biggest WWE star, and this had to feel like, hey man, this might be another shot at some some mainstream attention. What did you think of that positioning of Pac-Man spray painting Kurt? too much. Yeah. I agree with Wade. There, there was just so much going on. Every segment was trying to be that attention grabber. And it, it, when you try to do that, every segment, it, it just doesn't work out. And obviously, you know, you would just in context, nothing felt important because everything was tried to feel mega, mega important. Tough road. Tough road along the way. It makes the observer that Samoa Joe has yet to sign a contract extension. Where did you think Joe stood at this point in his career? Did you think there was still more stories to be told with him? Was his, oh, were his best, best, were his best days in TNA behind him? Or did you still think no. there was an upside? Yeah, this is Oh seven. No, I mean, I definitely, I thought we just kind of did a whole launching pad because he came in and got over and we took our time a year plus as the undefeated streak. And Kurt was to me, there's no such thing as the perfect opponent, but he's as close to perfect as we could get. They had their rubber match there. I mean, their trilogy, just just, uh, Joe to me, Joe, AJ, um, a few others were just pillars of James Storm, Chris Harris. There's a few in there that were going to be Eric Young, Bobby Roode, uh, a nucleus of TNA branded, if you will. Um, so your the answer to your question is, Joe, I can't say he was just getting started, but lots of lucrative years in front of him. The other thing in the Observer is that Kevin Nash, Kevin Nash has reached out to you allegedly to talk about perhaps bringing in Scott Hall and Sean Waltman. Uh, the report is that Scott Hall's got himself back in shape. He's clear and level headed. And I'm curious, you know, you claim to be an unofficial member of the click. What'd you think about the opportunity of putting these guys together in 07? Okay. You know, the old saying, okay. Nash is reaching out to Jeff and you have a little pitch for Hall, a little pitch for Waltman and okay. Now, why would he be doing this at this time? Oh, you're going two hours. Oh, we're going two hours. Mr. Nash is following the money. Yes, he is. Well, what do you know? (laughs) It's that simple. Kev following the money and, uh, Yes, he Kev knew the business, knows the business, but it it wasn't hard. And this is where for for, for my world listeners who sometimes I, I think to myself, well, you haven't really listened to every episode. So when we went from Fox Sports Net to Spike TV, the day we went to Spike TV, our TNA became profitable. When you go from one to two hours. 
you're not really going up in you're doubling your revenue, but not even close to doubling your expenses because you're in the same studio. You've got, maybe you had to add on some talent, not a lot, but, but you're the, we had room to finally, I mean, we, we expanded offices that we were cramped in. We, had the ability to make some corporate hires that we didn't have. Our marketing department grew, our live event department grew to, in order to, and Bob Carter's mandate mentality was reinvest the money to make more money. And everybody was on board with that. Kevin knew, okay, Spike's paying more money. Let's have a little run here. I've done this X division thing for a while. Let's uh, shift gears and from a creative perspective, a healthy Scott Hall is money. Yeah, it is. Flat out money, period. So, yes, we were all up for it, the possibility of it. Let's talk about uh, where we are in the ratings. You know, before we get to No Surrender, which we're going to talk about, uh, you've added a lot of talent and you've got some mainstream publicity, but the ratings are kind of steady. It's like a 1 1 or a 1 2. How frustrating is it? where it feels like, man, no matter what we throw at this thing, it feels like there's a glass ceiling. Did you feel that at the time? And, and were you frustrated by it? I, it? There would be often weeks when you would leave the impact zone and fly home. And then the show's posted. And when you can post a show, you can, you know, tighten things up here, just make a few different tweaks where the show actually gets better in post. And then it airs, you know, highly frustrating Conrad, because there are weeks then we would leave the impact zone. We would taped on Monday and Tuesday. And so you fly home Wednesday morning and that show had to be posted on Thursday night. And we, when we would post it up and, and most of the time, if not every time, when you post a show, you can make it a little bit better here and a little bit better there and a little bit better promotion and pick up wild lines and inserts and punches. And that show would air on Thursday night. And Come Friday afternoon, you're waiting for those fast nationals and you just have an expectation that the rating, okay, we're going to be up a little bit and it's the same. And so, you know, that, that at times way out of bounds, but I'd feel like a gut punch. And then on Monday morning, or a lot of times during the weekend, you talk to somebody at spike Conrad, they're elated. Oh my gosh. We, we, you know, the network is jumping for joy. You're the highest rated network or highest rated show on the network. And Thursday, we killed all the other networks and this, and I mean, they're elated. So that kind of brought you back down to, okay, I'm looking at one show. They're looking at seven nights of programming, four hours a night or three hours a night. So in context, we're kicking ass, <laughs> but that one, 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 two, uh, you know, we were on spike for that year and it, you know, ebbs and flows and seasonal viewing habits and all the stuff that goes into it, but you still want more, but that one, 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 two, we wanted to just increase it so bad. And we eventually got the ball rolling off this two hour. Cause you could let stories breathe. It, it just Kevin K and spike TV. They, they're in the TV industry. They knew exactly the plan they wanted to do that they wanted to take. And they took it in the right direction. And it ultimately, uh, with their marketing, you know, we got up around that too. So frustrating though, that one, one to one, two times. 
Well, it's finally happening. You're going to get this two hour show and it's a big deal, but it's discussed in the observer that internally people thought that 90 minutes will be the perfect amount of time for the show. Meltzer would say a lot of folks on the TNA side felt like they had always been cramming too much into a 60 minute show. They didn't allow the segments to breathe and have the impact they might, because you have to just rush in and out of the next thing. And he thinks that a lot of TNA folks were in favor of 90 minutes as opposed to two hours. Now, of course, if you're getting paid for the time, then obviously the financials mean you need two hours, but do you remember thinking, Hey, maybe, or anybody on your camp saying maybe 90 minutes was the right amount of time. There was yes. Conrad, there was so much ridiculous chatter that went on about that 90 minute and you know where it all that based from the Memphis TV show that aired for years and years and years. It was 90 minutes. Yes. The reason it was 90 minutes is an hour show in Memphis was selling out every ad like crazy and okay. Can we add a half hour? Sure. TV let's get paid a little bit more. You're going to make a little bit more money. So the 90 minute show in Memphis was a 90 minute show in Memphis, but we took an hour out of that and put it in Nashville, Louisville, Evansville, and across the country, but that 90 minute chatter Mm -hmm. and, and almost the myth of, wow, that was the magic that made the ratings so good. That same show that did monster ratings in Memphis in its heyday did monster ratings in Louisville and monster ratings in Evansville, not to the level of Memphis. Memphis was its own different animal with Lawler and Lance and live and the urgency of Monday, uh, Saturday morning to Monday night. All those factors took it to a stratosphere that is unparalleled uh, record breaking to this day, but that 90 minute chatter came out of just kind of a, a, a myth and a lot of buzz spike never considered 90 hours, 90 minutes, never. It, they ran. Yes. They ran half hour shows, but not this one. Know, yeah. It didn't make sense. Just, no. Well, it's also going to be an opportunity to sign a few major free agents. Uh, Meltzer thinks that, you know, you guys are going to try to make pushes for Booker T. Uh, Chris Jericho, who he says is entertaining offers from both sides and Rob Van Dam. He would even say, and this is great. Remember now this is 15 years ago. Bill Goldberg has mentally come to grips with the idea that he's almost 41 and a retired pro wrestler and hasn't expressed any interest. So Goldberg, maybe according to Meltzer thought, oh, almost 41, way too old for wrestling. (laughs) About that. Well, Mr. Double Deckel Conrad. Here's what he needed. He needed a little AG one. That's what Jeff used. That's all Jeff needed to take it to the nature boy at 55 years old. AG one, uh, in all seriousness, folks, my wife has been using athletic greens forever and ever. And, uh, she actually had it in our house and I was using it long before they were sponsoring our program. And she was using it because she didn't have time. She wanted better gut health and she wanted more energy. But for us, the reason she made me start taking it optimized immune system. And she knew I hated taking pills and vitamins. And she knew if I was going to do it, I needed something that actually tasted great. Well, buddy, AG one checks all the boxes. And just this past week where we all traveled to Dallas, Eric Bischoff made sure he traveled with AG one. I did too. We both start our day with it every single day. And I know it's the secret sauce that keeps Jeff looking and moving just like he does, because with one delicious scoop of AG one, 
you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. Right. This is going to help you with your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all of your things. Uh, and by the way, I want to mention it's lifestyle friendly. So our our old pal Dallas would love this, whether you're trying to eat keto or paleo or vegan or dairy free or gluten free. AG one is for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial, anything. And it still tastes good. It's going to help you sleep better. It's going to help you recover faster. It's going to help with your mental clarity, your alertness, and don't take our word for it. Guys, go check it out. Athletic greens has more than 7,000 five-star reviews and Jeff and I believe it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's seriously just one scoop, one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So make it easy. Athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash my world. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash my world. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, and with that in mind, let's talk about what we're doing here. No surrender. 92% thumbs up. Huge positive response. I mean, 92% thumbs up. We can't get 92% of wrestling fans to agree on a damn thing, but they did here. Unfortunately, Meltzer only got 75 responses and that's because the buys were about 20,000 buys, which means it tied with victory road as the least drawing pay-per-view of the year. It's down 10,000 buys from the year prior. No surrender of six, which we discussed in the archives, which was you versus Samoa Joe in a fans revenge lumberjack match. And when you take a look at this roster in 07, and then you look back at 06, and you know, it's a, a drop in pay-per-views It ain't the talent. It's gotta be the creative, right? Jeff bingo yeah. too much. Yeah. Too much. And look, the, the September Sundays don't help, but that's kind of a, a rationalization because the year before, but you said it talent was lesser than a year before yes. the brand was, you know, hypothetically or no, actually we had a year more to, to brand build. Um, and we've touched on Benoit and Congress and, and those kind of things, but it didn't produce the results period. I just didn't. I mean, bro, I mean, however you want to slice it and dice it. Yeah. It didn't produce. It's a real shame. Uh, Meltzer would say the show opened with a video and a catchphrase that nobody else does pay-per-view like TNA, which may have been true at one time, but certainly hasn't been of late. And because of it, a lot of people who've jumped off missed a very good show. Our response volume to this show indicated a bad buy rate as we were down 36% from last month's angle versus Joe match for all the belts. And that did below what were average figures for the promotion a year ago, more viewers than ever, less pay-per-view buys than ever. That should send a message, but somehow it doesn't. The difference between the old time promoters were that they lived and died by how big the show did because it was their own money and the angles. If the angles and directions didn't work, they either changed them or found something that did, or they weren't around much longer and they either learned what worked or they weren't successful promoters. Granted, it was tons easier to be successful. If you were the only wrestling in town, 
but you still couldn't book things your audience didn't care about today. When you just get funded, even when it's not clicking and you're not learning, you just continue in a direction that isn't clicking a lack of being under pressure to learn or die makes it a lot easier to continue without learning. I am fascinated by this discussion because boy, what's old is new again. And it feels like at different times over the past, we'll call it 12 months. Both of the major companies have seemingly hit a plateau and others have had growth. Some have not. And everybody's looking around saying, what can we do differently? And this is one of those things, you know, what's the old cliche about paying attention to history and being doomed to repeat it. Well, this feels like this happens time and time again in this more modern era, but to Dave's point, it didn't once upon a time because it was normally a smaller market in a territory system where you had TV on this one station and it was some sort of trade or whatever it was. And you weren't necessarily paid a licensing fee for the television rights. Yes. You sold some ads and you had some sponsors, you worked serviced and all that, but you lived and died based on ticket sales. And if the fans weren't buying it, well, you made less money. And so it became what I would call a self-correcting problem in the genre we're in now wrestlers have guaranteed money. I'm not saying in 2022, but certainly in 2022, but even back then wrestlers had guaranteed money. And I think this is something that exists even today. I don't know. I haven't asked, but I'd be surprised to hear if anybody in WWE is exceeding their downside guarantee because they're not running five, six, seven days like they used to. So as a result, everybody's got big fat contracts, whether it's on the TV side or it's on the performer side. And we're just kind of doing what we did last week. Do you feel like the way the business has evolved has stifled the creativity that used to exist, Jeff? Conrad, we could literally do an entirely new, different podcast on this subject. Yes. And get Derek to do the research and look to t- tied into this episode or, or, or into TNA. I had multiple conversations with Bob about how do we incentivize everybody? D- d- people naturally want to be incentivized. Currently WWE has over 70 something percent of their revenue guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So whether Raw does 2 million folks, 1 million folks, 4 million folks, doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter for the next 18 months or however long the Peacock deal. It does, but it doesn't. I think you know where I'm going with it. Yeah. I'd say AEW's would be more than that. I, I, cause it's, you know, pay-per-views, their other swing, but, but as far as guaranteed revenue, you go back in time, the business was built on hard ticket sales. Yes. Merch, uh, a, a few other, like you said, but sponsorships, nobody wanted to sponsor wrestling way back when. So fundamentally, um, and when you look at Hollywood, cause I, I, I want to say j- just kind of how the world works. You look at the big actors. Yeah. If you make a list, you get a lot of guaranteed money, but the back end they have built on it. That's why you see rock going all over the world on these press junkets. Cause he wants to sell his movie, not just domestically internationally. Cause he gets a back end of hard tickets in the NFL. You hear guys, Oh, it's contract year. What's that mean? Uh, that means that dude is going to play hurt. 
He's going to hide injuries from the team because he has to hit a threshold to get X amount of yards or passes or tackles or whatever it is. He's incentivized to play well. Mm -hmm. I believe human nature, not just in our industry, human nature, purpose in life, which what drives us is to attain goals and strive. And when you take that out of the air, the first thing to go, I, I truly believe the first thing to go is effort. I, I, the second thing, and maybe simultaneously, and when I say effort, I'm talking about effort from a creative, mm-hmm. from an entering effort. I'm across the board. If you're not going to be rewarded for going the extra mile, I think human nature, and 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 look for me on a personal level, I have to guard myself from that. But because you, I think you can just so easily fall into that trap of. Conrad, we've talked about this. Me and you like to get up every morning and, and figuratively speaking, we're going out hunting Yeah, we hope we shoot something that day. And I don't want to get into PETA and all that, but you know, we, we want to figuratively get up, go hunt and bring home food for the table every night. Did it, you just, just call, did you just call PETA PETA? PETA, PETA, PETA? No, what no. Do you call? It's, it's PETA. If you say PETA, people think it means something else. He's talking about us killing animals, which neither one of us do, but. It's, it's not what you thought he said, let's get on my enunciation and come you roll tide because it almost sounded like you implied something else. Yeah. We're we're not of my, my talk about being incentivized, but Conrad, I I think we got to kill it to eat it. That's the idea. It is. And I think that goes across the board from a employee or corporate structure bonus structure, whether it's on the employee side or a talent side, why am I going to go the extra mile? I just think it's so, so I, I just, there, there's a concept that me and Dean Broadhead and a few others at TNA, we call it wrestling metrics. That is a performance based incentive program that you could apply kind of across the board and you can plug and play social media. There's a bunch of different things, but I think it's very, very, very important, uh, in our industry, but it doesn't exist today. It just doesn't. Let's jump right into the pay-per-view here. The very first match it's Adam Pac-Man Jones and Ron killings winning the TNA tag titles from Kurt Angle and sting in five and a half minutes. Meltzer would say not much to this sting did some arm drags with killings. Jones kept refusing to tag in Karen angle came out in a white dress. Sting had earlier in the show, told her not to come to ringside and told her to leave. She shoved sting and then slapped him in the face. Then she took a dive. Like she was some heel luchador who wasn't kicked low, trying to get a, 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 a cheap DQ. Kurt saw his wife on the ground. Sting said he didn't do anything. Karen said sting hit her. Angle then ran in the ring and gave Sting an Olympic slam. And at this point, Jones tagged in and covered Sting. The observer gave it half a star. And Meltzer says, just for Karen's dress, as the match itself was pretty much non-existent, the torch gave it three quarters of a star. But buddy, if you're trying to uh, uh, promise, hey, Titans, everything's going to be fine. Boy, you delivered. He didn't do fuck all. Conrad, that was... A, mm, a kind of a gotcha moment. Uh, I don't say that's probably too strong, but what we agreed on 
in the offices, me and Mr. Underwood and the teams is that Pac wouldn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. I promise you he's not going to, we're not going to have him. And, and my mindset was Ronnie does all the selling Pac does a couple of clotheslines and I mean, just some kind of offense. Well, as the promotion hype came along and you can imagine what the Titans are thinking, Oh my God, Pac-Man Jones is wrestling Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. You, no, th- this can't happen. I mean, they bought in. You can call it what it is. They bought into the hype. Got it. They made it under no uncertain terms. He will not give or take a move. Okay. Mr. Underwood, we'd still like to put a shining light on this. And we're telling this story that I don't want to get in the woods with you, sir, but sting and Kurt and they're coming at each other's odds, but can he at least roll in and get a cover? No. Now, wait a minute. So we, a win for us was Pac-Man being involved in the match, but buddy, it certainly what wasn't what wasn't me and Pac had envisioned when we worked out in his front yard on those hot summer days. I'll say that again. It was God, that was brutal. Absolutely brutal. And hats off to Stinger. What a pro. I mean, when you really think about this tag on pay-per-view, yeah. And he gets angle slammed and covered by an NFL player. Hats off to Stinger. He earned his money. Uh, next up is Rhino pinning James storm in nine minutes and 23 seconds. Meltzer would say Rhino did one of those Russo interviews where to make it a shoot, he uses his real name. (sighs) He says that, uh, Terry is an alcoholic, but I'm sober. Meltzer would say, why did they make him an alcoholic in the first place? As he recovered in weeks and then didn't do any skits showing any signs of alcoholism. This is all just in poor taste, especially considering the context of 2022. Bad. You mean mean 2007 context? Well, it was bad anytime. Okay. But I'm just saying these days, this would never happen. I don't think zero chance. Uh, after the match, Jackie Moore tries to put beer in Rhino's, uh, face. He blocks it, gets more in the ring, gives her a mini gore. The crowd's on fire for it. Even if the, the backstory is bad, the actual work is really good. The observer gave it three and a, a quarter stars. Wade didn't like it as much. He gave it two and three quarters of a stars, but you got two guys just beating the shit out of each other. And it's really good. And then we go backstage and we see Kurt angle is furious. Dr. Nash told angle that sting never slapped Karen and that Karen lied, but Kurt didn't believe it. And at this point, sting attacked Kurt and was choking him against the lockers. Cornette and Nash break it up. Cornette kicks Karen out of the building and said, if she didn't leave, Kurt can go with her and forfeit the rest of his belts. Kevin Nash's Dr. Nash is hilarious. I mean, you're creating some great content, but I'm sure he's not cheap. Is this worth the investment? If you had it to do over again? Well, I mean, we rolled along, so it's, uh, again, at the time we knew Kevin wasn't going to have a match every month, right? He just what? So how do we keep him engaged? And look in reality, Kevin wasn't expensive either. He got his money, but he's a drive over from Daytona. Yeah. So we're not renting him cars. We're not buying him flights. It's a payoff. And Kevin was fantastic with the yes, everything he did, it was, it was a, and, and look, I, I'll say this, not just myself, Dixie, Bob Carter, 
yes, Kevin's political, but he also would bring his A game to the table and try to help creatively uh, across the board. He did. Let's talk about the next match. It's Robert Rude and Kaz. They go 13 minutes and 47 seconds. The gimmick here is that Mrs. Brooks is out with Rude, but secretly rooting for Kaz. Both take a bump out of the ring to establish that Brooks is there to comfort Kaz, not Rude. Anyway, when it's all said and done, Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. The torch gave it two and three quarter stars. Um, are you just trying to push my buttons? Like giving all these star ratings and everything. And reporting? well, no, I, I just want to, you chastise, just so you know, you chastised me once for only giving observer star ratings and you felt like he was lowballing you. So I continue to quote both to this day. So you can see he's rating you much higher than Wade did. So even though you, even though he's your butt buddy with your daddy, okay. Chastise it. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Meltzer gave you much better ratings. Um, hey, look, all kidding aside, folks, these kind of hidden gems, Easter eggs, and Conrad, I don't want to get long winded here. I can tell you're looking at me like, Jeff, would you just let me get through the results? Kaz and Bobby Roode could tear the house down. And they went bananas for a backwards tombstone pile driver. And Meltzer would say, in my mind, that move should never be used unless it's a finish. People went nuts for the move though. Kaz misses a leg drop off the top rope and rude got the win with the payoff, which is his fisherman suplex. But that, uh, backwards tombstone pile driver is crazy, dude. They are the, who it's a hidden gem. They had great chemistry together. Go out of your way to watch it. It's one of those. And I don't know why it's been this way, but it feels like these two guys I mean this sincerely. If you see there's a pay-per-view and there's a Robert Roode match, or there's a Frankie Kazarian match, if you can't watch the whole card and you just watch that one, odds are pretty good. You watch the best match there. Those guys just always deliver like, like a modern day, Arn Anderson or Bobby Eaton. They're not going to have a bad match. It's going to be a good match. I mean, I I can't tell you how many times we've discussed those two guys, individual matches on this program. And I don't remember ever saying they ever had a bad match ever. Uh, those guys are the secret sauce, man. And for whatever reason, you know, th- they weren't main event stars for decades on end, but it doesn't mean when they came through the curtain, you weren't going to get your damn money's worth. And they both understood, all right, I'm going to do this on TV. I'm going to do this at live events. And they're both good matches when it came time for pay-per-view Sunday. And now I should see pay-per-view Saturday or whatever it is. Yeah. They pulled out some false finishes or high risk moves or combinations, whatever it is, they just always over delivered. Always. I want to mention the, uh, the next, before we get to the next match, there's a Russo rific moment as Meltzer would call it as Jay lethal was cutting a promo in his Randy Savage voice about Ricky steamboat, George Steele, and Jake Roberts, Dr. Nash came out and told him that he had made his career and that tonight he has to take a dive. He said that angle needed to be fresh for his main event, but they missed the point that you have to bribe someone to take a dive. I guess Russo never watched bad boxing movies. You would think that people would remember everything WCW did and never do it again. But let me, even though maybe the psychology isn't great here, I understand that Nash and lethal just fucking dominate this segment. This is really fun stuff. And the result is Jay lethal and Kurt angle going 12 minutes and 18 seconds. Lethal beats Kurt Angle for the X Division title. 
And Meltzer would say the story was that lethal kept getting near falls and people were getting behind him as an underdog, but deep down they never exploded because they never believed he had a chance to win angle. Then flipped lethal head over heels and doing a German suplex for a near fall. He does a belly to belly suplex for a near fall. Lethal uses an inside cradle for a near finish. And then a Randy Savage elbow off the top rope. And the finish would see angle clamp on the ankle lock, but lethal reverses it into a front rolling cradle and gets the three count and the place explodes. Meltzer would say the only negative is they had some guys celebrate with lethal and put it over as the biggest upset in TNA history, but cut away from the scene too fast, which hurt its overall impact that. And by the end of the night, how lethal was positioned. It was all a waste three and a quarter stars in the observer, uh, three, or I'm sorry, three and three quarters in the observer three and a quarter in the torch. But I do like the positioning here and Jay lethal getting a win over Kurt angle is something most folks wouldn't call. They did go bananas for it. It was a great match. This has been a really good pay-per-view so far. So going into the, the Kurt wrestling three times to take a step back, I really, and well, some of this, we collectively really thought, all right, how do we roll this out? And we're going to get to this last match, which I completely lost the argument, but I believe time will tell now, but on this one, I just thought Kurt and Jay, you know, and it's so fun, you know, Jay, my partner last month, but to see him these days, him getting win over angle for the X division and just kind of the status and where everything went, it was a huge moment for Jay. Now us cutting out of it quickly. I don't remember the scenario. I don't know if it was time. I don't know if Keith called it. I don't know if the go position called it. I don't know if it was something that we had to get off of. I have no idea why on a pay-per-view there's a, million different reasons. Obviously it probably didn't sit well with the viewer because it didn't have to digest, but also it's one of those things is Jay winning, man, can you just stay till the audience completely dies down? But it was a big moment and first match. It was all storyline with Kurt. This was the wrestling match and we're going to get to the monster match here in a second. Next up, Chris Harris and black rain, by the way, this is Dustin Reynolds here. Uh, they go five minutes and 13 seconds. Meltzer would say rain brought out a nasty looking rat named Misty. And I'm yeah. sure there's somebody getting back at someone somewhere in a rat cage to the ring. Not much to the match. Although Harris did a big dive. He won clean with an inside cradle after the match. Harris handcuffed rain who juiced by this point over to the corner, but rain kicked Harris low, got his own handcuff key and released himself. He then got the rat out of his cage and put the rat on Harris's face. Rain then kissed the rat. People weren't into the match, but at least it was short. Observer gave it a star. The torch gave it three quarters of a star. Two talented guys. I think a lot of people thought Chris Harris was going to go be a huge star. And everybody knows Dustin Rhodes is one of the best ever in the ring. But this is just weird. Uh, And I don't mind admitting, I don't really get it. What can you tell me about it? I wish I could remember Dustin's pitch or Dustin and Russo getting together on, on the, the rap, but Orlando has a lot of resources, the ha- land of Mickey mouse, home of Harry Potter, all kinds of things. Do you know, you can also rent rats in Orlando from me. <laughs> literally it's a giant rat that the, um, you had to go through all the hoops because it's universal studios, but Yes, we, Conrad, we rented a rat. How about that? A giant rat at that. Um, don't really know. There's so many jokes that I can't tell right now, and I'm frustrated about. 
That's okay. That's all right, pal. Old tad. Next up, we've got uh, Tomko and AJ Styles winning a gauntlet, which is a Royal Rumble style match in 25 minutes and 38 seconds to get a tag team title shot at the next pay-per-view. Meltzer would say the funniest stuff was the Christian pre-match <laughs> pep talk. Uh, Christian told Styles to go out there and win a championship, just like your idol. I'm referring to myself, me. Uh, and then he says, but Barry Sanders never won a championship. Really funny stuff. Lots of talented guys in here too. Um, but you got like 20 minutes of ring entrances. So Meltzer would say it kind of felt like they were killing time. Uh, but styles and Danielson or, or Christopher Daniels are going to start. Then you've got homicide, Chris Saban and havoc as the next three in, uh, Petey Williams comes out. Jimmy rave is in there. Devon's in there. Raven's in there. I mean, there's lots of incredibly talented performers here, but they go a long time, 25 minutes, 38 seconds. I mean, in hindsight, I could see how, if we've got all this time for all these different ring entrances and a really long match, maybe we could have trimmed it a little bit to show more of lethal's big celebration. Oh he, gosh. Yes. That's what I don't, I wish I could go back in time and really drill down on that. I, I don't have the recollection. Maybe that's a Keith Mitchell ask Keith anything. <laughs> uh, the final three were AJ styles, uh, Eric young and, uh, Alex Shelley. Styles and Shelley combined to throw Young out at 22 minutes and one seconds, and that means it's Styles and Tomko to have a match against Saban and Shelley. Uh, Styles pins Saban with a rolling reverse cradle, holding the tights. And Meltzer said it was maybe slightly better than a basic battle royal. I can appreciate you were trying something new; wasn't bad. Uh, but I do, in hindsight, wish we had a little bit more of Jay. Uh, once again, Wade gave it two stars. Dave liked it better, two and a quarter stars. And now it's time for, I guess, maybe our co-main event. Christian cage and Samoa Joe, they're going to go 14 minutes and 59 seconds, and it's going to get a really hot finish and they're going to do some badass wrestling here, but ultimately it's going to be a DQ Christian cage wins by DQ in 1459. Um, Joe's refusing to make a, a break to break a hold. So referee Joe, uh, Rudy Charles pulls him off by his hair. And when it happens a second time, Joe throws down the referee and, and that that's it. Uh, and then afterwards you get Jim Cornette and Matt Morgan and everybody's coming out to try to calm it down. And Meltzer would say it was a weak finish on paper, but it's not as weak as it sounds. And it was a really strong match until the finish. I understand we're trying to tell stories, but once upon a time, it felt like we got to a spot where the pay-per-views, they paid stories off. And when you have something like this, where it's a DQ and then there's some shenanigans in the ring afterwards, it feels like it's just a part of a larger story. Do you think that every pay-per-view should pay something off or do you prefer the longer feud? And then these pay-per-views just become beats in between. If that makes sense. If you're the beast, I do believe it's gotta be in a really extenuating circumstance. The main event has to have some type of payoff. Yes. Uh, I'd say more matches, you know, above 50% need to have payoffs, but our own worst enemy, the format of monthly pay-per-views. And we know why Eric implemented it and, you know, went in the early nineties, here we are in 2007, the industry had changed and, and we were a product of our environment, but it was so difficult to have payoff after payoff because you got to come right back. You have a finite set of talent. No, it, it was, it was super difficult. I wanted to mention 
AJ and Tomko had great chemistry, and that was kind of a setup for the following month. And then here we go with Christian and Joe that obviously we're, we're setting something else for the next month. This pay-per-view was centered around Kurt, and we gave him a tag title switch, an X Division um, a title switch, and then as we get into the heavyweight, uh, we're, we're doing a storyline, but we give him a definitive finish as well. So I felt the show gave payoffs where it warranted. Now it's time for our main event. It's Kurt Angle and Abyss. They're going to go 19 minutes and 24 seconds. Meltzer would say it was a pretty basic match, but of course there's always going to be a tease for those damn thumbtacks. Uh, eventually Abyss is going to tap out clean to the ankle lock. And after the match, Jim Mitchell's going to be on the big screen and tell Abyss that Judas Messias was already there and he's taking Abyss to hell. And a hand came through a hole made in the ring and pulled a very scared abyss into the hole. As the show goes off the air, Meltzer called it a good match, shockingly clean finish. And the post-match angle set up a new program that wasn't done at the expense of giving people a clean ending. He liked it. Gave it three and a half stars. We'd gave it three and a quarter stars. What'd you think of the match? Is this the right type of match for Kurt angle or abyss big man versus technician? Uh, hardcore style versus classic wrestling. And then what do you think of the Gaga at the end? There's a hole in the ring and somebody's coming up through it. Like it feels undertaker esque, right? That was a payoff that we wanted to get going because, uh, abyss was going to do the clean job and rightly so, but, and, and we were, that's where we were taking the abyss storyline and, and all that, but we wanted to give Kurt the finality of the champion making the monster tap out, which was unusual for a monster, but it warranted is what we felt for Kurt, but Conrad, I can't tell you how many hours on the phone that I spent talking about this match to Kurt, to Dixie, to Russo, to Dutch, probably are the main ones. I was so adamant against the stupid ass, take your boot off. And the monster's got his white sock on from Foot Locker. I just said, Kurt, do your wrestling with Lethal. Don't, don't do all this wrestling with a monster. You're he's going to tap, but you want to take his boot off and make him just another wrestler. And Abyss was teetering and wanting to be the good talent and submissive to Kurt. And okay, Kurt, we'll do this and that. I'm like, I this is where it pointed to. Abyss, I can only do so much. And he's like, well, Dixie's lobbying. I said, yes, Dixie's lobbying. God bless her. But come on, Abyss. You have to stand up for yourself. And Russo had gone to Dixie and Russo's lobbying and no, we need to do this. I'm like, guys, y'all do whatever you want. I, I just think it is not going to tell the story in the ring. And the arena was proof. I sat up in, in Orlando uh, the hard camera stand, uh, and then you have a little platform. I made it a point to, because I was producing the show. I went from the truck to inside the arena off and on all night, and I made it a point. I wanted to be in the arena watching this. I didn't want to be watching it through the truck just to get the feel. And Kurt, to me, is top three, top five best in-ring performers of all time. Yeah. I've had my very best matches, but without a doubt, it was the wrong call because you can go back and watch it. There was some crickets going on when they were doing their 
wrestling with the monster. It just fell flat in this. I, I hated the spot then. I hate it today. Why you would do that kind of wrestling storyline in, in part of a match with the monster abyss who at the end of this match, we're going to go sci-fi and pull him down through it with Macias. It, to me, it just never jived. Well, let me recommend everybody go watch this pay-per-view. If you're looking for a good wrestling pay-per-view, this is a good one. Uh, it's over on impact plus, and, uh, you can watch it anytime you'd like. It's no surrender 2007. I highly recommend it. Uh, the, the readers of the observer did too. 75% thumbs up. Don't get me wrong. Are there some things that you could be critical of here or there? Sure. But as Bruce likes to say, and then the bell rang, but this time in a good way. Bell to bell, these were great wrestling matches, and it did present a real alternative. Now, given what the hype was about with Pac-Man Jones, I could see how you could say, Oh, I wanted more there, but we're not done talking about Pac-Man. I'm sure we'll be talking about him a little more. Great story to kick off the show today, Jeff. And next week, we're talking about 20 years ago TNA. We're gonna cover the sixth and seventh show. Uh, of course, when we last checked in with early TNA. There was a little person, uh, beaten off in a trash can. <laughs> and now over the next two episodes, he's back with a pistol. Yes. There was a gun in a wrestling ring. And we're going to talk about it next week. We're also going to talk about the birth of America's most wanted, how the truth Ron killings was born disco's debut here for you guys, all kinds of production errors, uh, shamrock and Sabu in the main event. Oh, and you're wrestling Scott hall, a lot of fun stuff to talk about next week. And, uh, if we haven't already, let me remind you one more time, check out moneyformongo.com. And I want to remind you before we get out of here, that today's episode was brought to you by car shield. They make it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive car repairs. And that's just for starters. I want to remind you car shields, the number one auto protection company in the whole United States. They've got protection plans for around a hundred bucks a month and their plans cover more parts than ever before. Whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. And let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic and car shields, administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork or the headaches you're taking care of. Now the same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road plans through car shield also include roadside assistance, coast to coast car shield administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost to get coverage today. And you'll lock in your price now, and it will never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the cost of uh, rising parts and repairs for your vehicle. So car shield helps protect my wallet from expensive car repairs. And they'll do the same for you. Go right now to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. Jeff, this was a fun episode. What'd you think, man? It obviously a lot of good memories that these were, this was an era. Um, I can't say it was the first, but yeah, it was, I, I don't know. Conrad, I was just producing. I was just in the truck. Uh, it, there was some things in, in my production brain, if you will, that I grew a lot during this era. Cause I wasn't in the ring. I didn't have to worry about my match or my opponent or this high spot or that it was, I was strictly just producing and I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, going from one to two hours and the growth of that Conrad, it just, it goes without saying the company, um, I, I've said this oh, oh, 07 and oh, 08, we took things to another level across the board. So business was fun. Yes. There were ups and downs and 
the Dixie situation and the Russo situation and talent and, you know, just the normal day to day, but overall Conrad TNA was rocking. It, it was really rocking. Uh, this buy rate didn't do, do so well, but all in all, when you take your company from around, I don't know, we were doing, what would that have been? Probably 12, 14 to, uh, 30. 30 million in revenue, 28 million in revenue. It was a jump. Our international, we didn't have the India deal. Anyway, I, I don't know, getting the weeds on that, but we took a big jump in revenue and Dallas was very happy, which made a lot of people in Nashville very happy. And we're happy that you guys decided to check out my world with Jeff Jarrett this week. We hope you'll join us over at adfreeshows.com. If you would have last year, you would have had a blast this past weekend in Chicago, but you can still see what some of the fun was about over at moneyformongo.com. Uh, please make a donation there and catch the show anytime you'd like on demand and fight. And uh, if you like what you see, you like this show, like a little bonus action, consider joining us over at adfreeshows.com. And we'll be ne- back next week to talk about a little man with a little gun and a little ring in Tennessee. I can't believe this is real. Next week, Jeff Jarrett gets a gun pulled on him. Not him putting it in Vince McMahon's belly. It's not so fun when the little person's got the gun. And we'll talk about it next week right here on my world. Peace. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.